Father, we are not worthy to gather up the crumbs under your table, but you are the same Lord whose property is always to have mercy. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. passage of scripture that I'd like to read to you, and if you'd like to follow in your Bibles, Pew Bibles, it's from the first chapter of Paul's letter to the Ephesians, and it's verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. As I was thinking about this passage, it occurred to me that many of us come to the Christian life, this Christian journey, with a sense of of acquiring more and more as we go along. So that we start out with a little bit as young people, and the older we get, the more we get of God and grace and gifts and all the things that he has for us. So it's like this. We, we're born and we're baptized, and uh, we get the God's gift of new life, and uh, we're grateful for that. And then at some point, a little later on in our lives, we, um, we sense that there's something missing and lacking, so we're, we get confirmed, and the bishop comes and lays hands upon us, and he prays for the Holy Spirit to indwell us. And so we get more of God, more of his grace. And then, then you have a crisis of faith when you go to college, and then at the age of 18, like it was for me, you in desperation yell out for help to God, and God comes into your life in a new way at that point. And, and then uh, at some point you go to Curcio because everyone badgers you enough to get you to off your pew to go to Curcio, and you go to have a new experience with God. And, and so you acquire more of God there and more of his grace and more of his gifts. And, and then you go through your life acquiring more. It's, it's as if we're walking through a mountain pasture acquiring daisies and filling our baskets full so that by the time we're 80 or 90 years old, we have a full basket. But the lesson I just read to you from Ephesians challenges that idea altogether. It's not that we go through life acquiring more and more of God's grace more and more of his reality so that at some point in the future we're able to have it all, that the life that God has promised us. But the promise of this passage is that we have it all now if we are in Christ. He says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing. So it's a blessing that is for those who are in Christ. Um, And you're in Christ, uh, reference to the union that we have with him in his death and resurrection. Another way of saying that, we're in Christ, it's kind of a technical term that Paul uses, but we're in Christ when uh, we are united with him. 
and when we are born again from him or born from above or when the Holy Spirit comes into our life and causes our human spirits to come alive to the reality of God. So if you're in Christ, you are alive to God. And so I'm speaking to people who are in Christ. Paul was speaking to those who were in Christ. And so he says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord who has blessed us who are in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Is it possible to ask a question from the pulpit here at the Advent? Okay, well, great. Uh, When he says every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, how many blessings does that mean? Every blessing. I mean, it was a trick question. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. That means that nothing is left out. That means that it is all ours who are in Christ. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Nothing is left out. Nothing is incomplete about what Christ has offered us and given us. And all of this looks back to the one event of history that changed everything, and that's the cross. Jesus on the cross accomplished everything for our salvation and for us to live the life that he called the abundant life. He accomplished everything, and nothing is lacking from that moment on. You see how it's past tense? I have blessed you in Christ with every spiritual blessing. It's not that he will. It's not that it's something that we're going to acquire as we go through this life. But he has blessed us once and for all in Christ with everything that we need to live the full and abundant life that Jesus says is possible to live because we are in Christ. And so the cross, on the cross, Jesus in John's gospel is quoted as saying as his last word, it is finished. And when he says that, he's linking us with the whole of Scripture because the Bible begins and ends with this. The, the uh, second chapter of, of Genesis, we hear the writer of Genesis say, uh, it, after six days of creation, after everything is all good, after he's pleased, after he's ready to rest, on, uh, in chapter 2, verse 2, he says, it is finished. Everything is brought into being from nothing, and it is finished. At the last of the Bible, in Genesis chapter 21, after the new creation is made, uh, after heaven comes down to earth, and is established on the earth, a new creation is in place, God says, again, the the same words, it is finished. And the only other time in history where that's recorded in the Bible is at this point with Jesus on the cross, it is finished. So what does he mean? It is finished. Does it mean that this whole terrible ordeal is finally over? It's that. It's got to be that, but it's more than that. 
Does he mean that this terrible suffering on the cross is finally completed and now I can get on with life everlasting? It's got to be that, but it's got to be more than that. What Jesus is saying when he says it is finished, he's saying everything that's necessary to win for you the life that God has for you is all complete. And there's nothing lacking now in your salvation and in this life that God wants you to live. It is finished. It's complete. And it's ours. And so when Paul prays later on in uh, Ephesians, for the Ephesians, he, he, he is talking about how um, we're to look back to the cross when Jesus said, it is finished. It's all complete. And so he says, I have blessed you in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. And in case we miss it, he enumerates those blessings, how he's given us new life. This is in the first chapter of, uh, of Ephesians. He's given us new life. He's given us forgiveness of sins. He's given us a reconciled relationship with God. He's given us the Holy Spirit. He's given us everything that we will ever need to live the life that he's called us to live. It's all ours as a historic fact uh, based on what happened to Jesus on the cross when he proclaimed once and for all, it is finished. It's complete. So what's going on in Ephesus? Why would he have to say this even? What's happening is these people are blessed out of their minds, but they don't even know it. They're not aware of it. They have everything that they need to live this life that God has called them to live. Everything. Nothing is lacking. And they don't even know it. They don't realize it. And so Paul goes on to pray this prayer for the Ephesians. He says, I blessed you. And then he prays this prayer. I keep asking, he says, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him, that the eyes of your heart will be enlightened so that you may know the hope to which you're called and the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and the incomparable great power for us who believe. You, you see what's happening here? He is talking to a group of people in Ephesus who are blessed mightily with everything, and they're walking around as spiritual paupers. It's as if they have it in their hands uh, like a present, uh, like a package, and they're walking through life. You know, they're just maneuvering through life with this package. And Paul prays, Lord, give them the grace to open it and live into it, what is already theirs because of what you've done on the cross and what you've accomplished on the cross. This, this may or may not speak to some of you here today. My, my belief is that there are many here today who are, as John Claypool used to say, uh, a man on an ox looking for an ox. It's a, a crazy image. 
but, uh, but it's true of many of us. We are people on an ox in search of an ox. We set off across the countryside. Where is the ox? And we're sitting on it the whole time. You see, if you're in Christ, you have everything that you need to live for Jesus, for his glory, and the abundant life. And what we need and what I need is to have eyes that will be able to see it so that I could live into it with gratitude for what Jesus has done for me. It's not a matter of going through life, acquiring more and more of God and His grace so that finally when we're my age or even a little older than me, uh, <laughs> if that's possible, uh, that you'll be able to say, I, oh, I finally have it. I finally have the life that God is meant for me to have. The truth is that we have it now because of Jesus' accomplishments for us on the cross. And so I pray for us today, uh, for you and for me. I pray this for my kids. I pray this for my grandchildren. I pray this for my wife, Ellen. That the eyes of our hearts would be enlightened so that we may know the hope to which we're called and the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and the incomparable great power for us who believe. In Jesus' name, amen.